Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Sean Barlett. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Northwest Detroit. But hey, we're both Ohio boys, Sean, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, I uh, actually lived one town over from where uh, Sean is from. So we've got something in common today. We're talking all about planting a little privacy. And certainly, Sean, from doing the Talking Trees podcast for as long as we've been doing it, I know right tree, right place. But when you're thinking about that, what, what are you hearing from clients when they say, oh, I, I need to block out those neighbors? What are you telling them to, to plant? Um, as you mentioned, we talk about location, but if we're, we go to more of um, instances of they want low maintenance, they don't want to be really involved from that standpoint um, is where we lead that conversation. And we will bring up varieties of evergreens. If, if it's instant um, screening that they want, we would go with the faster evergreen growing, and that would be the white pine. Um, Norway spruce is more of my go-to because it has more of a natural look um, and very low maintenance, um, disease resistant and uh, from that standpoint. Since people have been home more, are they thinking more about privacy or you haven't seen that? We've seen quite a bit. Oh, really? Um, we run into the situations, um, more of the subdivisions, where they're not allowing uh, fences to be put up, um, kind of in their HOA type um, programs. So we get a, we've got quite a few in the last couple of years of providing screen um, on properties. So with a white pine, is there just basically just one white pine that gets put in and it's, it's, you know, a certain species or are there a bunch of different ones that you would choose from? Just for the white pine would be the Eastern white pine. Okay. Just to, kind of the go-to over here, you know, close to the Midwest, East coast, that type thing. And those get pretty big, right? They do. It's, it, we try to relate them to, you know, classify them as like a forest tree, you know, you're in the 40, 60 feet tall you know, could even get taller than that. So, and how, and how, what space of time are we talking about there? 20 years or depending on the size that you put in? Yes. And, you know, proper, proper spacing. Um, we get into, you know, the actual planting, we consider staggered method where they're kind of alternated um, diagonally kind of doing it that way. So they have more room to grow. And then there's the soldier course where they're straight across and we, uh, we do those with arborvitaes, um, yeah. you know, and those you can trim those. And that's what I kind of recommend to keep them at a certain height with the arborvitaes. So you don't get a lot of over in the East Coast with the snow. You could get some peeling because they're multi-trunked and with the heavy snows, that could be an issue. So let, I want to talk about spacing right off the bat, because I, what I've seen is, is people want this instant screen. And so talk a little bit about discussing with them, you know, yes, we're putting some plants in, but it's going to take a little bit of time for them to grow together, right? Or is that, or when you put them in, in that staggered method, do you have an instant screen? You have an instant screen because you're filling those voids where there's, you know, from the soldier course going straight across. Um, 
and it just, I think it, from my personal opinion, it looks a lot better um, than just a straight, you know, kind of hedge look, you know, from that standpoint. So I, 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 I lean into that more, you know, the beautification, you know, looking that way. Yeah, I agree. I really like that staggered method. Uh, when you put the soldiers, like in the case of Arbovite, uh is it, is there any space between them or could they just be planted and, and hey, you got your screen? You can do them close together. Um, and you can leave some gap there if that's what you wish. Um, again, we provide those options. And if the client, I want it tight up against each other. And as we mentioned, we can always trim those just like a, like a hedge. So. so do you deal with deer in your area? Yes, we do. And Arborvita, here, certain varieties, the deer eat them, like we call it selective pruning. They're up to about six feet, and then we got a nice looking shrub. Uh, what are you doing about that? We we recommend a variety that came out a couple years ago called the Green Giant Arborvitae. Um, we've saw great results of uh, no activity of the deer, even uh, um, nibbling or eating, or you know, from that standpoint. Um, we go to the Emerald Green, which is another variety of Arborvitae. If we go, because it has a little bit different uh, shape to it, and we like the tight growing of it, um, we will recommend, you know, doing some anti-deer, deer pro on those um, for the customer. So let's talk a little tree geek stuff here, because I just came back from a trade show in Baltimore. There's a new one called Emerald Squeeze that is coming out, introduced this year, that uh, stays smaller. Uh, it, it, it won't get as tall. And... Have you seen this trend to people wanting smaller plants in their yard? Have not come across that much. Um, it's really us selecting that low maintenance. That is that has become in the last eight to ten years has been a real, uh, real common uh, question coming from the client um, because we're we're working more. You know, we're more involved with um, activities. You know, outside the home, getting our children where they need to be. And, you know, sometimes we're not there on the weekends and we're able to do some trimming or whichever. So it's, uh, that is, that's a very top question coming from the client. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, anything else on your list of plants that you would think about putting in, depending on the situation, uh, to, to get some privacy? Uh, Serbian spruces have a nice decorative, uh, mm -hmm. shape to them. Um, and again, we, we kind of use those as accent points. If it's, um, we always kind of like to come off the corners, like towards in the back, you know, if we're coming from that standpoint, just as a focal point, that would be more decorative, you know. Um, we do not go really towards the blue spruce unless we're going to come up with a PHC program for those um, because of the rhizosphera that is really um, taking hold um, throughout this area. Talk a little bit about that because we have the same problem here in the east in Pittsburgh uh, with blue spruce, and boy, it's 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 devastating. Uh, when did you start seeing it? What is it, and what can you do for it? Yeah, there's um, it's been around probably as long as I've worked for Davy. It's just become more remnant, um, more uh, a lot more areas because um, the amount of trees that have been planted. And, you know, it's a fungus, it's going to spread, you know, so um, we do use different products. 
um, that we're getting really good control uh, at this point um, using copper-based, you know, products and, and fungicides from that standpoint. So we have, we try to look at it as our arsenal against certain things. And we're going back on these properties after a year or two and seeing what kind of results we are getting. As a homeowner, if you've got a blue spruce, what would be an indication that we're having that kind of fungal issue? There'd be discoloration on the needle, be more like a purple casting that they refer to. Um, and it's usually effective probably about the three to five year back from the actual uh, terminal growth. So if the interior is very bare, that's where your needle drop is going to be most affected from that standpoint. It's always something, isn't it? It is. <laughs> you know, for, for all those years, a blue spruce was just, you know, it just did its thing, you know. And uh, now we're dealing with that fungus uh, a lot down here, I guess, uh, for you too. Uh, tell me a little bit about that Serbian spruce. What does it look like and how big does it get and why do you like it? Um, the actual growth habit of it, it has more swinging of the of the branches, more of an arc to them. Um, they have a little bit of a blue tint to them. So if the customer likes that blue and we kind of guide them away from the blue spruce that we'd kind of venture into the, into the Serbian and it's going to be a little bit more resistant than uh, having to go to the constant PHC program to head off fungus and things like that. So uh, what if I was thinking hemlocks, would that be something you would think about or does hemlock woolly adelgid scare you? Uh, the adelgids do not uh, scare us. Um, more in a shaded environment is where the uh, hemlock is going to be recommended. Yeah, uh, I, I, as I often say, probably every podcast, I live in an oak forest, but I've got tons of hemlocks. I've, I've been battling hemlock woolly adelgid. And so as we're talking today, we're in the east, we're in a cold snap. And for me... The cold snap always helps me with the hemlock woolly adelgid, knocks them back a little bit. And then when I can get to them and, and spray in the spring. Uh, so there is there is a, a silver lining for the real cold, Sean, right? Yes. And it, we have um, more over towards like Lake Michigan. We've always had uh, uh, Michigan State will put out a um, an alert that woolly adelgids are moving, you know, um, towards the, the east from that standpoint. But um, we're more concentrating on mite activity on hemlocks. Really? Kind of the, yeah, that's been more of the, the go-to um, in our direction, what we look for. All right, I'm being selfish. School me on that because that's something I'm going to have to watch for now. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going to see the white uh, stippling effect on the actual needles. Um, if it's a high infestation, they're going to be almost shaded white, you know. And the adelgids, I... I understand underneath the bark and, you know, that's where they're, they're actually doing their damage. Um, the mites are actually stippling the needle. Um, and you'll, you'll see with, as I mentioned, with the high infestation, you'll know that it's taking place. Oh, great. <laughs> Cause we always, we always determine that we're, we're, we're going through the process that we're, we're controlling. We're never going to rid any fungus, any insect or anything like that. So, it's very important that we're keep knocking these insects back so the infestations do not get um, to where they start really putting harm to the actual plant. You know, and that's why our programs. In my case with the hemlock woolly adalgid, most of my hemlocks I can I can reach most of the plant and and the infestation seems to be lower on the plant. 
I'm asking you, will they start to move up? Is that the idea? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I, and then I'm, you know, then I'm going to have to get, I'm going to actually have to get my uh, expert from Davy to come to get up in that tree because, you know, I can go so far with, with what I'm doing on them, but uh, what is the control for mites? Uh, very interesting because we have cold season and warm season mites where they're actually active. Um, so the other interesting fact is um, the mites will become immune if you keep on using the same product towards them. So you have to alternate different products to, you know, and that's what we have to document when we're doing, you know, three visits a year, four, four visits. We document what was the last um, miticide product that we used. And that's, uh, that's a very good training tool. Um, we had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> Sean, you're making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to help. <laughs> uh, no, you are helping for sure. And I'm so glad that you told me that because now I can, that's something I can watch for. And that's an important part of this uh, is, is actually spending some time with those trees to, to see how they're doing, right? That's correct. You know, just walking around, it's uh, something doesn't look right, um, you know, I see a lot more needles. I see a lot more leaves on the ground. Why are the leaves dropping at this time of year? And it's just what I, you know, accustomed to during 30 years, you know, in my own home. But as as you pull in and walk in your, your own property on the weekend, you will notice something's a little off. And that's when it's pick up the phone and call Davey. You'll okay. be able to diagnose it. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about you finding your way to this job. How did you discover that it was right for you? Um, I tried the college path. Um, wanted to be just like my father and uh, be an accountant. Uh, did not work out. Um, so I tried it. And then I ended up uh, just getting in the door, Davy. Just started off as a landscaper. Um, moved up to uh, mowing. I ran my own mowing crew for a couple years. Uh, got into plant health care was the next step, then got into sales. And then I got an opportunity in 2014 to run a territory up here in Michigan. So tell me a little bit about what you get out of that job. Uh, I always love picking the brain of an arborist who gets, has the opportunity to go to a property and in some cases ease the the mind of the homeowner uh, because we all love our trees. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, The beautiful thing is you get to educate. You know, you get to educate the homeowner and you're providing steps to carry through um, to help their landscape. And that's that's what the best you know thing that I look at it. You know, there was one time I, I did a field trip to the you're probably familiar with the signal tree uh-huh. in the national parks and uh, down there in the Ohio Valley or whatever uh, Akron area. So I did a field trip with my son when he was in grade school. And we went to the signal tree, which is a bur oak that's 300 and close to 350 years old and did a little demonstration because we take care of that tree. Davy tree does. We put uh, lightning protection in it and everything and get through my presentation and um, young gentleman, you know, anybody got any questions? And he's like, yeah, what do you what do you love about your job? And I said, great question. I said, every day is different. I get to go look at beautiful landscapes every day. There's always different insects. There's always different fungus. There's always something happened. It's not a every day where I'm 
you know, in a cubicle every day and I'm just, you know, I get to go out and adventure, you know, so it was, it was a great question. I remember, you know, 20 plus years from now, you know, so it's pretty cool. Talk about taking care of that tree. I didn't know you guys took care of that tree. That is really cool. Yeah, we do. Um, we do um, property visits on it, make sure it's in, in good health. Um, we do, we install the lightning protection. We keep that up to speed, uh, make sure everything's connected properly. We uh, do annual fertilization for it um, and do some trimming on it every every so often. Isn't that a lot of pressure to deal with a tree that's that famous and that old? And Or I guess if you just keep your eyes on it, you'll know. Exactly. And it's been many, many years and it's uh, I, not pressure. I tell you, it's honor to be able to take care of something, you know, that valuable of, of the history that it has. That's, that's more important, I think. Well, Sean, I'm going to leave it right there. That's good stuff. Uh, I certainly appreciate uh, all your schooling me on my hemlock issues and blue spruce and giving us a little information about privacy screening too. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Doug. Well, you learn something every day, don't you? Now I'll be watching out for those mites. I am glad we talked about that pest. Next week, let's talk about roots. Removing them and a very important topic, trees with non-invasive roots. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. We're having fun here, aren't we? As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.